Welcome back to Jump Scare. I'm Betty. And I'm Shad. This week we cover 2010's 30 Days of Night, Dark Days. Good evening. I'm Stella Olson, survivor of Barrow. Last year when the sun set for 30 days, our town came under siege by a clan of vampires. I've rigged the ceiling with ultraviolet lights. If there are any of you out there, I suggest you stand and show yourselves. Uh, I'm a vampire. <laughs> Hit the lights. Stella thought she was the only survivor, but she's about to discover there are others and they're seeking revenge. We know what it's like waking up in the night, your heart pounding. Which is why we've been out there hunting them. We could use a fourth. Lilith orchestrates everything. She keeps them organized. She keeps them secret. They're planning another siege. Darkness is going to ascend again. We only have three days. We could take her out. Entire network falls apart. I never wanted a war. I just wanted people to know what happened here. You're planning on just walking in there and killing her? Yes. You got big guns, sweetheart. It's like a twofer kind of. It's monster mayhem, <laughs> and also the sequel for our second serving. Second serving. So it's a second serving of monster mayhem. <laughs> Thirty days of night vampires. Okay, we all, we all, we all saw the first movie. Josh Hartnett. Do I need to say anything more? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty cool concepts based on uh, graphic comic novel. by Steel, uh, Steve Niles. I always want to say graphic novel because it, it was it. Uh, you know, in my mind, the graphic novel is like the fancier version of the comic, but I really know it's just a combination of like all the comics the into issues, one. Yeah. It you know, all the issues into one. So that's how I know it is the graphic novel because at Barnes and Noble we don't we didn't sell single eyes. Yeah comics the artist on that one was a guy named ben templesmith he also did that uh wormwood gentleman corpse he uh was very nice and drew a little picture of wormwood when i met him that time he drew a little wormwood uh, sketch inside the book okay, largely cool. because i was one of three people that showed up at that convention wow <laughs> this movie has recognizable faces if you watch things you know on the tv <laughs> Uh, first off, let's just s- s- say that Catherine Isabel is in the movie, and if you blink, you might miss her. Yes, I'm like, why is does she have like a role that should have been given to no offense, Doria B- Baird or Bard, who plays Amber in the film, like someone that you don't recognize. The part she had could have been any, like, just random extra. Could have, could have been that. a person off the street. There was no... They cast a name for that, and I don't know why. Maybe she just showed up that day or something? I don't know. I don't know. Well, you did tell me that she doesn't leave Canada. She doesn't like to leave Canada, so... And this was filmed in Canada. 
but and maybe she's like, you know what? It's just a little small role, whatever. I'm not, I don't think that she's like, oh, this grand actress and she steps on set and everyone's like, oh my God, it's Catherine Isabel. But I mean, come on, ginger snaps, like, and a shit ton of other stuff. It's Catherine Isabel. <laughs> so she's in the movie for five seconds. Uh, we also have, which I thought was hilarious when I saw Mia Kirshner's name in the credits at the beginning. I'm like, um, what is she doing in this movie? Yeah, she plays Lilith, the like nemesis of the film. And at the same time, this came out in 2010, at the same time she was in this, she was also in the Vampire Diaries playing a vampire. So it's just like, they were just like, you know what? You're already doing it here. You might as well just come on over here. Might as well just come on over here. You know, do that too. Just cross over. Maybe she did this first and then went over there. Who knows? Like, I don't know really the thing, but the same year uh, that's happening. Uh, so I thought that was pretty funny. And then Ben Cotton, you're like, who? Who's that guy? Look, he was Shane in one of my favorite TV shows, Harper's Island. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, he was a townie. And I saw him and I was like, oh, my God, he's also a vampire. I feel like there's definitely more vampires than there are actual humans in this. But... Yeah, there really isn't that big of a, a human cast. Yeah, but then again, it's a movie about vampires, so there's going to be like a small amount of humans. And some other people you've got in it, you might recognize uh, Harold Perrineau from Lost. Uh, he's probably the biggest name actor in this, other than Catherine Isabel. And uh, oh, and Mia Kirshner, come on, oh, yeah. she was also in the L Word. Yeah, Let's throw that out there. So he's probably the other big name in it, besides those two. The, the other one, also from Lost, you might, if you blink, if you missed her, remember her on Lost, uh, Kylie Sanchez. She was the unfortunate Nikki, who was one of their attempts on Lost to be like, hey, besides the main people that we all know, there are some other characters on the island, too. And she just popped up one day, hey, I'm Nikki. Can I go on this random adventure with you guys? Everyone hated her. They killed her character off in a spectacularly horrible way. They had her get drugged and everyone thought she was dead so they buried her alive wow she's stella <laughs> yeah who's the lead in the film yeah. who's the carryover character from the first movie but she actually she's a different actress in yeah this melissa movie. george played her in 30 days at night in the original and then this one it's uh the kylie sanchez and the dora baird that we mentioned earlier she plays amber in this one of the vampire hunters and she's been in a lot of like low budget things she was in also the texas chainsaw massacre at the beginning who wasn't? I mean, there was other people that in this film were also in that film, yeah, too, Yeah, they had right? small parts in there, yeah. Uh, she's the ex-wife of... In Cobra Kai. Oh, yeah. She's the ex-wife of uh, Johnny. So, yeah. You have people that you may or may not have seen other things. And Josh Hartnett is not in this film. Yeah, this movie, I feel like, is a collection of the, oh, that guy. Oh, that girl. People, you know? That's exactly what it is. Let me just write just off the top. Pretty good film. I actually was, I didn't see this. This is the first time I actually seen this film. Saw the original when it came out. Completely, for, I mean, forgot about all the little minor details. I know Alaska, it's nighttime for the six months. Vampires come, terrorizes town, kill everybody. Josh Hartnett is the sheriff. 
he dies, the end. Like there's 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 not much <laughs> there's not much that needs to go into it. But the film kind of picks up where the last one ended. Yeah, it picks up at the like you start off right at the end of the last one and then you kind of jump forward like it's been six months to a year later and Stella is out telling everyone about the vampires because they passed everything off. All the deaths in the town were just passed off as, oh, there was an oil leak. Things exploded and burned the town down. Everybody died. Like they do. Yeah, that happens sometimes. But so she's giving a speech at a college in L.A. And I love how she says, well, the uh, a lot of times the vampires, they show up at these things when I give these speeches and talk to them and they, and they try to kill me. So if you're a vampire, please stand up. Of course, immediately you get a smart ass that stands up. Oh, I'm a vampire. She's like, no, not you. And then she flicks on her special ultraviolet lights that she has. <coughs> and who do you think the vampires were? Oh, it was the two guys dressed like they bought all their clothes at the fucking Matrix surplus store. That's who the vampires were. It wasn't hard to figure out. First of all, they're wearing dark sunglasses indoors. And they're dressed all in head-to-toe leather trench coats and boots with chains on them. Yeah, those guys might be the vampires, you think? <laughs> <laughs> I didn't need ultraviolet lights to tell me that. Yeah, for real. Well, there was there were some chicks in the audience as well. Yeah. But they were all dressed like they literally stepped out of the Matrix. I was like, okay. This movie was 2010. The Matrix had been gone for a while, but I guess maybe the vampires are just now catching up with it. <laughs> yeah, that and also like Underworld. So that was also another look. Like they had like that same like long trench coat. Look, when you are a vampire, it's like I'm mega white, you know, and I got to protect myself from the sun. So I'm going to wear black all the time. And also hides me when I'm in the shadows. I mean, there's a lot of pros to wearing black, you know. And I just feel like, you know, if you're trying to be the vampire incognito, the Matrix look, Keanu Reeves look may not be the best for you when you're going down the street. No, I guess not. At the same time, you know what the plight of the vampires and that's why they always buy leather or they buy, um, what's that shiny, terrible material? Vinyl. Vinyl. Because if you're by cotton or like some other fucking Ooh, material. yeah, that's hard to clean. You clean that, your black clothes are now gray. And now you're like, fuck, I can't go out with these, like, semi-black fucking clothes. Yeah, but I guess you can just, you know, hang your uh, leather jacket and shirts and everything up and just hose them off at the end of your night of blood drinking. Exactly. That's yeah, a that fucking makes sense. Plan. That's a good idea. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, you gotta, you see, you gotta, I've been thinking about becoming a vampire for a really long time. It has a lot of benefits. But we're not living in a true blood world where vampires are fucking hiding in the shadows and they're gonna come out. This was not the scenario in this film. The vampires are definitely in the shadows. They just go on like random. I feel like they... I'll have to to save this for later on. But I feel like they like randomly just like, oh, we're just gonna go and, you know, have like a feast. And we're gonna terrorize specific areas just for shits and giggles. Well, I mean, they've been around for a few hundred years. You probably get bored. And like, unlike most films, a lot of the films we've seen where there's vampires, all the vampires speak English. They don't have like a set language of their own. Specific films do have that, but it's not a lot. You mostly see just like the quote unquote Americanized or, you know, English speaking vampires. 
these vampires were not about speaking English at all. Like Mia Kirshner, Lilith, she just spoke her weird vampire language like 90% of the film. Yeah, she rarely said anything in English. Most of them, when they spoke back and forth too, it was all in some, I'm assuming it was some kind of like Russian. Because they all seem to have that vague Russian kind of sound to it, you know? Yeah, they yeah they definitely had a unique unique language going on, but so that's so you have to definitely watch the movie. I mean, there's subtitles already encoded in the film, so you have to understand what the vampires are saying. Um, you know, these people, you, you, it's one of those things where you're like she's going around just trying to prove that this happened, and on, and part of me is like, why? No one's going to believe you. Would you believe you? You wouldn't. You would think that you're fucking bat nuts. Also, what is the benefit of this? Because right off the get, right off the like thing, she has no interest in hunting down vampires, which does happen in the film, but she's kind of, I don't want to say coerced, but she just, she just stumbles upon that. It was, that wasn't her motive. Her motive was just like awareness. (laughs) get people to believe her but why do you want people to believe you what was your end game like what did you want to do that really isn't disclosed in the film it's kind of the other people's motivation that she kind of just like ah i guess i'll do that like i'm not doing anything else i guess i'll do that so yeah so after her speech where she burns up a couple of vampires she gets arrested because i guess they thought well you know she must have done something to these people you get off pretty vibe pretty quick from the cop that it's like he's either sympathetic to the vampires or working with them. It doesn't take a genius to figure that one out. So then she goes back to her hotel room. That's when all the vampire hunters in L.A. are waiting on her. And they're like, hey, we saw what you did and we like where you're going with this. We like your special weapon that you have, but we're only going to use it one other time. We're not going to bring it with us or anything like that. That would be silly and ridiculous. Okay, but it was mad heavy. It's a it's a freaking like uh, I'm gonna say photography light, but it's a huge ass light. It's not like they're gonna be dragging that around like in the fucking tunnels. Like where's the extension cord for that? Well, I feel like you park uh, at the edge of the tunnel at the entrance and you shine that light down in there to help you see in the dark ass tunnel that they only took glow sticks to use to see. I guess, but you're assuming that there's like an outlet outside and or it has like one of those like car like adapter things. You make one. You're vampire hunters. You. <laughs> You're adapting to this sort of thing. And when we say vampire hunters, I mean, there's like fucking three other people and like a vampire that's like a sympathizer who hasn't lost his humanity for some random reason. No backstory, which is Ben Cotton's character. No real backstory per se for that vampire. He's like, I had a... They show a photo of him, of his family and him. So, obviously, he had a family and he didn't let go of his humanity. I thought all the vampires in the film, and obviously this is kind of silly, but to me, I got the I got the thing, like, none of them were actual humans. They were just all vampires, you know? But I guess I'm going from, like, the aspect of, like, there's, like, the old vampires that, that you they know... had never order. really been human. Yes, exactly. And they've had to, like, forcibly, in order to, like, you know, move on with their kind, like, spread their whatever gang or whatever you call coven. Um, not coven, but you know what I mean. Uh, to, like, make humans into vampires. Because the way that they talked and just they had no damn humanity. It was, like, it's instantaneously vampire humanity switch off. Like... Yeah. 
That was the one thing, like, there was a lot of the movie I liked, but the one thing I didn't really care for was that they introduced the vampire character that was helping them, but he didn't really do much. No. He was just kind of there. He was, like, kind of like a silent helper where he's just like, I'm just going to be here, and it's mostly, and I'm going to tell you, this is probably really fucked up. They just used him for, like, his getaway, like his little house that he had. Yeah, his he, had warehouse. Pretty, he had a pretty dope little warehouse to hang out in. That was it. That was the that was his sole purpose in the movie. They were like, well, we have to have these people. These are random nomadic people that are from all different cities. So they're not going to have a place in this random city in LA or wherever they are to like get together and like where they're going to store their things. So we're going to have to have someone that already lives there Let's make that person a vampire because vampires usually have cool ass fucking places to live. That's literally the only thing because you're right. He barely did anything. Yeah, they could have cut that character out completely and it wouldn't have affected the story in any way. It would definitely have not affected the story. So I I just don't understand what. Let's talk about, first of all, when we started watching this, the opening credits to it. You said, wow, this looks like a Nine Inch Nails video because they were definitely going for that vibe with the like quick cuts, weird camera angles, like grainy film, that kind of thing. They were definitely trying to get a vibe going there. Yeah, the opening of the film was fucking hilarious to me. I was like, okay, is this like Nine Inch Nails, like Marilyn Manson video? It's just what is going on That's right exactly now. That's exactly what it reminded me of. And the other thing to talk about in this is that they had some... For a straight-to-video sequel, they had some pretty amazing effects in this movie. I was... That's why I liked the film. Because the effects were fucking amazeballs. Not only were their effects amazeballs, like... It, why, how? Like, why were they so good? Usually a straight-to-video, like you said, shitty. Like, subpar... This was, I think, even better than the first one. Well, it was at least as good. The only they used the computer effects a little bit, like when they're rejuvenating vampires or when vampires are disintegrating, because you're not going to do that very practically. But you could tell the difference in the movies when they're using like CGI blood to spray on someone, and when they're using real blood spraying on someone. Yeah, and you could see like there's a scene where she smashes a vampire's head with a cinder block. And you got to see that thing come down, hit the head, and see it squash, you know, shit go flying everywhere. And it, at the same time she's hitting it, it's spraying up on her. And you can tell that they just, they did that practically. That they didn't have to, you know, add CGI blood later, which always looks terrible. It never looks good. Yeah, I think that that's, for me, that's really what elevated the movie was the effects. Whether they were practical or non-practical, they looked good, like, a lot of the kills look good. They were, I, you know, kills that I have not seen, you know, in a vampire film. Or, There's some really good beheadings in this. Yeah, there are some really, really good beheadings. It was, ve- I was really looking forward to, like, once I saw one, I was like, oh, what are they going to do next? What are they going to do next? Because I was all about it. Yeah, they did a great job with the effects. That's That's definitely what, that adds a knife to my scoring later on. Um, my favorite part of the film was when she was telling, uh, when she was telling the, the guy, oh, I, I can't risk them following me back home. But it's like, 
first of all, they all know that you're from Barrow, Alaska, because you've gone all over you've the country. You've gone all over the place and told them about this. Saying that you're from Barrow, Alaska. Everybody knows that you're from Alaska. So where, was it a specific house you were worried about? Because it yeah, wasn't. Yeah, what is it that you were trying to do here? Because, I, again, we don't really get it. That line in the film to me, was the stupidest line. I mean, there are some dumb things that happen in the film. That, for me, was like... I mean, it didn't ruin the film, but it's like, why would you even have that in there? Everyone knows where you live. Yeah, you've been you've made it a point to tell everyone. Now you're like, oh, I can't let them know where I'm from. You, They know where you're at, okay? And also, what is going to stop them from going there? They're vampires, and they can just go whenever the fuck they please. Yeah, like, they can just go back to Barrow and do this again. Yeah, they're obviously they're not going to go back like... This is set in modern day. So there's Google. Google exists in this world, I'm assuming. I mean, <laughs> so it's not like they're going to like, oh, we're going to go back uh, in May. Oh, shit. That's when the light, you know, they're going to make a mistake. They're going to go back when it's six of, months. They're going to go when it's 30 days of light instead of 30 days of night. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's going to be over for them. They're going to know when they're going to go back. I mean, and that really is the playground for a vampire, right? Like, that's the best place to be in freaking Alaska. Yep, when you're going to be dark for a month at a time. There was an old, uh, it's not as old as the other, it's uh, the Twilight Zone reboot that they did in the 80s. There was an episode of that about a, uh, it was set in Siberia. It was like a prison camp. And then when the guy went to investigate what was going on, he found out vampires had taken it over. And there was like a whole society of vampires living in the camp in the town. Because in Siberia, again, it was dark for months at a time. And I always thought that was a cool idea. They're all just living up there quietly in the in the snow, you know? Um, I have to say that I was not expecting there to be... And I know, like, okay, you're going to have a cute guy. He's tortured. Boo-hoo. My family died, right? And then, obviously, her husband died. And they share a loss together. And now they're they're hunting vampires together. And neither one of them are in a relationship. I mean, obviously. So, eventually, they're probably going to get together. But, whoa, I was not expecting the very, and I say very graphic. Because for, like, yes, the movie's rated R, right? For a rated R movie, you'll see people quote-unquote, they have sex, right? And they're, like, grinding. But, I mean, the angle that this director decided to take was, was like, did you do porn before this? Because <laughs> the angle that he took, I mean, it looked like he was fucking this chick. Like, it was, she, it was, like... She was grabbing on to like the fucking pipes on the ceiling and up against the wall. She has a bra, guys. So I'm just gonna say we were very disappointed in that. She does. She yeah, does have a bra. Yeah, they went for this crazy monkey bar sex scene and then left all their clothes on. Come on. I'm like, come on, but fine. She didn't want to show her tits. Um, respect. So she's holding on, right? And from her bra down, she looks mad naked, like. You could see her ribs and, like, the crotch, like, the top of the crotch area, you know? Yeah, it was pretty intense. It was very intense. I mean, like, were they having sex? Because it looks like they were having sex. Whoa. So that happened. And, you know, it lasts, like, a minute because he hasn't had sex in, like, a long time. And I guess he doesn't have time to, you know, do his thing. So it's not a long sex scene. Um, It's over really fast. But the, sh- the They part- both seem satisfied, though. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, also they had to be very fast because like they were on the verge of dying. Like they were like, oh shit, we have we're about to go to war. All all fucking three of us. Because this is the other thing I didn't like about the movie besides the stupid comment, which is a very little. That's a very minor thing not to like. Is they were vampire hunters and they were all like, oh yeah, we took down this city and this city and now we're going to go whatever. Every time they went against the fucking vampires, they went with like one gun apiece with like five bullets. I'm like, what the fuck? You know you're going into like an infestation of fucking vampires in a fucking town and, and a tunnel. Oh, there was the other thing. They were like, we're going to go in daylight to attack these vampires because that's when you go. Okay, obviously everyone knows watch a vampire film knows that that's when you attack the vampires in the fucking daylight and we're gonna go with our one gun that we have but they're in a tunnel deep down in the fucking it's not like they went to like a warehouse or somewhere where they able to shoot off a roof or something they're deep down in the tunnel where the vampires guess what they don't have to be sleeping because they're in a tunnel like yep. they're in a fucking like and no den. one brought any like you know like bring some fire you know no fire bring some they bought some freaking rave glow sticks okay which i get from what i read online was kind of a safety concern they couldn't bring the flares and stuff down in this tunnel fine i get that and they probably didn't want to try and do like they look like mini thing. lightsabers yeah they were some pretty big glow sticks those are like rescue things that they like for people in the woods to break and hold wave for helicopters and that's probably what those were but yeah they could have done something else show them like oh we've got some incendiary rounds we brought in a molotov cocktail to throw at the vampires something like they just seem kind of ill-prepared vampire hunters which was annoying because in a scene previous when they first get to ben cotton's <laughs> to ben cotton's dane's lair okay He's like, he makes it a point to be like, oh shit, look what I got behind this secret fucking door. It's a freaking little closet full of freaking guns, bullets, fucking all kinds of freaking machetes, like not uh, swords, all kinds of shit. And they're like, oh, I'm going to take this one gun, one for me, one gun for you. I'm like, why are we being, I understand. Okay, maybe you can't fucking be holding like 20 guns on your body. But, but a you know transport book bag, um, fucking do makeshift some fucking rig around your belts. But you know what? Everybody had a holster. You can put a gun on each hip, a pistol in on each side. I'll put that shit in my bra. My bra always holds coins and random shit. That is my woman pocket. Okay, is the fu- I would hold all the guns in my bra, my fucking knife and my boot. Man, if I could hold one in between graphic time, in between the slits of my vagina, I would. I would hold something in there too. I'm going down to fucking fight vampires, bitch. I am going packing. Yeah, at least if you're going to carry a rifle, like, okay, put a rifle on your back to carry and one in your hands. And nobody bothered with flashlights. They show them later like they've got, like, uh, flashlights taped to the gun. Nobody ever turned the flashlight on. <laughs> it was not a working one. So while there's a lot of the parts of the movie I liked, that one annoyed the shit out of me. Like, you guys are terrible vampire hunters. We're just sitting here like, uh, turn on the flashlight. I don't know. Turn on the light. Bring some extra bullets. You know a shotgun only holds like six rounds. You didn't bring any extra bullets for the shotgun? This is the other fucking annoying part. Amber, okay, quote, she's the vampire huntress that's been going on, going with the the fucking gang to city to city. 
okay, now she's in the fucking tunnel and they're all going to go and they're going down the tunnel and they come across, you know, a challenge or whatnot. And she's like, oh no, we got to get out of here. Oh, I'm getting out. And it's like, bitch, why are you yelling? Can we just simmer down? What you've been, you've done this before. Why are you talking so fucking loud? I mean, I know that that was, you know, there was a reason for that. We have to have someone in the gang get killed, you know? Yeah. Uh, but still, it was like, no, that was not a good way to do Why they did that to her? Why they made her look like an idiot? Like, she's supposed to have done all these multiple fucking killings with this group. But yet she's going to go on a lair, fight against the fucking tunnel lair vampires. And she's going to be so loud. So loud. I want to slap her. Actually, at that point, I was like, God, I hope she dies. Because she was just so annoying. <laughs> yeah, I never, never understand these movies where they're, they're going to go hunt the vampires and they go so ill-prepared. Like, bring your shit. Everybody's seen a vampire movie. You know what to do. And we get it, okay? The whole point is, someone, the group, a human has to die or get hurt. We have to have some kind of like, oh shit moment. I understand that the view, I understand why that has to happen, but can we do it in a kind of a smart way, not a dumbass way? Like, yeah. yes, I, I don't think that these people are going to be like fucking G.I. Joe and Jane, like going in, you know, it's three fucking three or four people. They're inexperienced, but they're fighting against freaking vampires. You know what you're getting yourself into. Don't go in there with like a fucking toothpick and like, oh, I'm going to take care of the vampire with this toothpick that has yeah. garlic on it. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> garlic toothpick. <laughs> That's my one weapon. So I, you know, overall though, and these are very minor things, but there's just, you know, those little nitpick things that yeah. just like, uh, overall the movie was pretty entertaining. Great effects. And I give it two and a half knives. Yeah, I'll go two and a half knives as well. Like I said, it's good. There's some quibbles with it, but it's for a straight-to-video sequel to a big-budget movie, and you can tell they obviously didn't have a lot of money on this. They did a really good job, and it's entertaining. It is entertaining. Um, I, I the whole por- the the ending with like the boat really got me thinking. Like, okay, so what's gonna happen now with this boat? Like. How are you going to ex- have, like, how are they going to explain? Like, how is she going to get off this boat? First of all, th- the ending is a little, I mean, this movie's been around for a long time. So we're just going to fucking throw it out there. So she obviously takes care of business. Okay. Kills Lilith. And the remaining vampires, which seem to be like maybe five or six, let her go. Let her just walk out of the room where they killed. I guess it's that old thing, like, you know, like a medieval, like, you kill the king and therefore... Well, they did that in the first one, too, remember, when Josh Hartnett killed the main vampire and then he told them all to just fuck off, and they all did. So maybe it's a thing, like, if you kill the leader, then you get to tell everybody just to fuck off. Fine. Everyone fucked off. No, I don't remember that, because, like, whenever the fuck that movie came out, that's when I saw that movie, and I've never seen it again. So... 30 days of night. So she goes off and then, you know, you have like the voiceover, like, you know, what's going to happen. And then something, something happened earlier in the film, which we did not discuss. They saw a vampire become like become revived, 
it was a burned vampire. Like it had been exposed to sunlight to some degree and the whole body was still intact, but it was like badly burned. And they dropped blood, like, you know, like they a, poured like poured a big shit ton ladle of blood, like ladles of blood down this thing's mouth. Ladle of blood is my band name. Ladle of blood. Ooh, Anyways, I like that. So the poured the ladle of blood in there and revived him. You know, she right off the bat, you get, you know, she's sad. Boohoo. Eben died. I'm sad. No one believes my story. I'm sad. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go. I'm going to fucking dig up Evan's body. I don't know why. And there's not really any over, like the voiceover doesn't go into why the fuck she did this. What was her motive? You just assume, we. this is what I assume. She was mad sad. She was like, oh, I know I can revive Evan. So I want to be with Evan. I want him to come back. Even though like very illogical because he's going to come back a vampire. You know that he can't regain his humanity. So, I mean, this one vampire did it, but... The rest of them sure didn't. They they couldn't. There's someone else in the, in the group tried to do it. He couldn't do it. He's turned. It's been a year since the guy's been dead. So is this even going to work? I'm going to, like, slip my fucking hand. That doesn't work. I'm going to slip my wrist the, the way that you're supposed to. And then pour this blood down his throat. Mind you, I love the fact that she actually dug him up. Put him in the car, which they don't show off screen. She dug him up and then all of a sudden they're in her like apartment or whatever. And he's laying on the floor in a tarp. And she does this. Obviously she passes out because she's the blood loss, right? Then you see like, then you see like feet standing over her, which, you know, Josh Hartnett. It's not Josh Hartnett, but Evan. And she's like, oh, I'm so glad you're here hugging him. You know, and then the fucking movie ends with him like biting into her fucking neck. Was that her motive? Did she just want to be with Evan forever? She's like, you know what? Fuck it. If you can't fucking destroy them, or if no you one's can't gonna beat be them, leave- join them. Exactly. Boom. That's that's the. Yeah, it was kind of a different twist on the ending. They could have just ended it with her leaving on the ship. You know, just being like, yeah, they they covered up the vampires again, and I'm still out there just doing my thing. Yeah, or you know what? I'm tired. And I'm going to just fucking become a waitress somewhere and just fucking start a life or do something. I mean, shit. I'm going to write a children's book about vampires. She's maybe maybe 30. She can start over. She has her whole life ahead of her. And she's (laughs) like, you know what? This This one dude I married and was or whatever was with, he was my whole life and I didn't have a life or anything. So my life is over. So I'm back with this in the beginning now. Jesus. You know, so yeah. So now they're fucking both vampires. We don't know. I doubt there's not a part three, right? No, there's no. not been any parts after this that I know of. No. So they, I don't even know if the if the comics went in that direction because the same guy that did the first yeah, film. Yeah, Steve Niles wrote the screenplay for this one too. So yeah, who knows? There's been a ton of follow-up comics that I've, I read some of them, but I can't remember if this was part of it or not. I think this was original for the movie. Yeah, who knows what the hell is happening here. But that's how it ends. I recommend you see it just for the fucking kills. Maybe the five-second sex scene. Um, <laughs> it's it's a fun movie. Like I said, I, I I wasn't expecting much from a direct-to-video sequel. But it it's superior to most of those that you have seen in the past. Hells yes. Yes. I definitely agree with you. But thank you so much for joining us. 
in our Monster Mayhem second serving of 30 Days of Night, Dark Days. Stay tuned to the horror. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night.